Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to Flea Flicker. I'm your host, John Murray. And uh, as I usually start with most of my podcasts, for the uh, for you joining me for the very first time, I want to say thank you for doing so. And please continue to come on back. Invite your family, your friends, your loved ones, your neighbors, whoever you need to invite. Please, please come on. Please come on in and listen to the podcast. And for those who've been here from day one, I want to say thank you for doing so. And please continue. Continue to come on back again. Same thing, your family, your friends, your loved ones. Please bring them all in. There's so much. <laughs> there's a lot to talk about today in this podcast. We've got uh, I know at least five or six different uh, subjects we want, we want to talk about and bring up. Before before we do so, um, certainly, so certainly, like I said, this is an afternoon again. I do have a day off from my from my, from my regular job as a. Uh, and uh, certainly enjoying the day off. Uh, actually, in the afternoon, I had the house to myself, except for well, if you want to count the three dogs and the cat that I have in my house with me. But other than that, that is uh, it. The family, the family's out. They're enjoying, uh, they're enjoying the day. I'm here to kick back, relax, and uh, certainly enjoy myself. It's a great, my gosh, it's a great day outside. It's kind of like in the 80s. It's not balmy, not balmy hot here on the East Coast. And certainly, it's certainly, it's certainly a great time. Uh, Certainly, uh, I moved. You know, I moved, moved a year ago, and the house I've got, and the view, the backyard is nice, and it's it's peaceful, relaxing, calming in a way. Certainly, everybody, everybody in this life certainly can understand that. You always want to have every once in a while. You want to have that peace. You want to have peace and relax. You want to have that, and that's certainly very, certainly very important. But enough of that, enough of babbling and babbling on. Let's let's jump right into let's jump right into sports. And yes, and we'll start off with the news that has just come out, what about a half hour ago or an hour about a half hour ago or something like that. Um it seems like that the NFL and the NFL PA have come to some kind of agreement or settlement, however you want to say it, that uh Deshaun Watson now will have a eleven game suspension and be fined five million dollars for his um for what he did, and the massage therapist and all that, all that other <laughs> mumbo jumbo. If you if you really if you really want to say, now there was always talks that uh, he was gonna at first was a six day suspension, no fine. But here in the last few days, has been rumblings that that his representatives were willing to push for an eight game suspension and maybe and maybe the five million dollar fine. I guess the uh, NFL thought about it, and they say, "Well, no, that's that's not that's not enough." And and again, I guess this eleven game sus- suspension finally came out, and they stuck with the five billion dollar fine is being stuck. Now, again, you know, again for Cleveland Browns, and I'm sure the Cleveland Brown fans, it's it, it's one of those let me shake my head moments again. Now. It was about a couple of years ago the Cleveland Browns were in the playoffs and he actually did win a playoff game with Baker Mayfield as, as his quarterback. But they felt that Baker just couldn't cut it no more. So they went out and got Deshaun Watson. Now, I didn't see, you know, I didn't see I didn't see the game here with you know, the first preseason game. Deshaun played and Deshaun to reports kinda of looked kinda of looked a little rough. Well, that's kind of understandably so, considering the guy didn't play all of last year. And I've said that on previous episodes 
let's be honest with you. I don't care if you're Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, Russell Wilson, whomever, whatever quarterbacks out there. If you miss, if you miss a year's worth of work, you're going to be rusty coming out, you know, coming out the gate. And with Sean Watson, that happens to be happened to be the case. I got it, and, you know, we get it. But now the bad part about it is you paid a man two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed, guaranteed money, mind you. Nobody, I can't, I can't recall everybody, any athlete, getting paid two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed money, whether it's baseball, basketball, or you know whatever you know whatever sport it is. I, I can't recall anybody getting that much money. I mean, I can remember one time, what was it, Alex Rodriguez, when he went to the Texas Rangers, he got what, 10 years, $250 million, I believe it was. And gosh, that was just like, that was just mind-blowing, mind-blowing. This, this right here is even more mind-blowing, $230 million guaranteed money. And you're going, and basically this guy's going to miss you might have to say what seventy, seventy-five percent of the season is about what you're saying he's going he's going to miss, and and it becomes an interesting factor. Jacoby Brissett is your starting you know quarterback, and a point has been brought up is do you let Deshaun Watson play all the preseason games and then he's got to set out because he cannot practice with the team during the season while he's suspended, or do you get all the reps in for Jacoby Brissett? Well. To be honest with you, I think the answer simply is this. I mean, Jacoby needs to, if Jacoby is going to be your starting quarterback for 70 to 75% of the season, Jacoby needs to get as much reps as possible with this team. Now, the thing about Cleveland is Cleveland does have a talented team. There's no denying that. They got they got tremendous talents on defense. You got a guy that's constantly probably the defensive player of the year argument, Miles Garrett, pretty much it seems like almost every year. I mean, you've got talent on that side of the ball. You've got a pretty decent offensive line. You've got two solid running backs, Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. Uh, I mean, you've got a number one receiver, Amari Cooper. Now, granted, your second receiver might be a question, question, question mark. But right now, the biggest thing would be is, can Jacoby Brissett get you to, can Jacoby Brissett, you know, keep, keep, the, keep it steady all pretty much for the first 11 games? Now the question mark is if Sean Watson comes back, let's be honest with you, I, I, are you gonna are you gonna put Deshaun in there in week in week twelve? I mean that's 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 an interesting question. I mean, what if Schroeder said keeps your team afloat and let's say he has let's say a winning record? And do you do you really do you want to throw in Deshaun Watson? Are you to tell Deshaun Watson, hey Deshaun, you will be my backup quarterback. We know we're paying you 230 million guaranteed money. We're going to make you our backup, and then let's say come next season, 2023, you're our quarterback. Well, if you do that, and that I, if that theory happens, here's a guy that hasn't played football in two years. But again, that's the thing. Cleveland took that chance. A lot of teams were unsure of taking that chances. The Miami Dolphins, they want, they thought they'd take that chance. They didn't. The Carolina Panthers wanted to take that chance, but they didn't. Cleveland swung in there. They took they took the chance, and guess what? You know, and guess Cleveland plunged plunged into that. Now, for right now, it seems like it's come back to bite Cleveland in the butt because they had to give up what was it three first round picks for this guy. And Texas, well, the Texans have got three first round picks, and they've got chances to. 
build build for the future. I mean, I'm not saying that the Texans are going to wow people right away, but it'll be interesting. They've got a young quarterback, David Mills, who did show some signs of improvement as the season went on. I mean, now the running game is is is, is certainly questionable, but you do have yeah, but you do have Malcolm Mack, a former a former Indianapolis Colts who had, yeah who did play well. He did. He was a pretty decent running back until he got hurt at one point. But now you got a young man that's wowing people now, Damian Pierce. Now I'm not gonna say Damian Pierce is gonna be next. Yeah, next. Uh, yeah, next Adrian Fo- Adrian Foster. I'm not gonna say he's gonna be that. That's kind of you know pumping the brakes. But but the guys look good in camp, and he certainly captured a lot of people's imaginations. And I'm sure he's captured the fantasy football world's imagination. But. Again, they do have one. They do have a veteran, Brandon Cooks, who is to me one of the more underrated receivers in this game. Nico Collins is a guy that a lot of people seem to like in Tech in, in the Texans, a, a second-year player. Again, the offensive line they could use work. The defense, the defense had moments last year for the Texans. Lovey Smith is the new is the new head coach, and Lovey is a defensive-minded coach. So if you got Lovey as your yeah, Lovey is your head coach. The defense found to make some kind of improvements. Lovey is a pretty good defensive coordinator, and he's proved that certainly in the past. The last time he was a head coach in this league, he had the Chicago Bears, and the Chicago Bears is one of the better defenses in the league, but of course you had Rex Grossman as your quarterback. But for Cleveland, it's 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 gonna be very it's gonna be a very interesting year for Cleveland. Um, Cleveland's in a tough division. I mean yeah, I get it. Pittsburgh, you know, Pittsburgh. The quarterback situation there is kind of is murky. As of right now, we figure Mitchell Trubisky is going to start. But again, all three guys played pretty well in the first preseason game. Um, second, you know, and that's then again, you've got the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens should yeah should bounce back this year. The defense, I believe, will play better than it did last year. Uh, you know. Injuries hurt them last year a lot. Uh, Dobbins has will return. Now, granted, I know Gus Edwards is still out, but you know, Dobbins has returned. Justin Hill is playing. They've got Mike Davis, who looked pretty good in his first preseason game. And, of course, Lamar. The biggest thing is is the receiving court. That's the biggest thing with the Baltimore Ravens. But the Ravens will the Ravens will improve or improve team. And, yes, everybody's darling last year, the Cincinnati Bengals. As most as pretty much most of their team returns from last year. A lot of people are predicting maybe the Bengals win the division. Some people mainly the Ravens on that. Cleveland's gonna have a tough time this year. It'd be a pretty tough, tough division. But Cleveland does have a good team. Minus all this Sean Watson debacle, it's still a pretty decent team. Now now to me, what what Dakota Reset's gonna do is gonna it's it's gonna really matter. But again, Let's be honest with you, they wasn't gonna rely they really wasn't gonna rely so much on Cooper set. They probably just gonna rely on basically what? The running game. That's what they're gonna rely on. I'm sure Jacoby, like I said, Joey Strat has one weapon, Amari Cooper. But that's you know, but again, that's basically that's basically what you're looking at. And I gotta be and I got to be honest. It's going to be a tough year for Cleveland, for Cleveland fans. I mean, trust me, and I've said before on previous episodes, I have friends of mine, I do have a couple of friends that are Cleveland Brown fans. And I'm sure they're probably thinking the same thing now that, you know, that 
I'm saying to, saying to you, it could be a tough year for Cleveland. There's no, there's no denying that Deshaun Watson has talent. There's no denying that for what he did in Houston. This Houston Texans was simply amazing. But to be honest with you, it's going to be a tough year for Cleveland. And the biggest question is, did Cleveland make did make, make the right decision when they offered and they gave him all this guaranteed money? That's got to be a big question mark. Because to be honest with you, it's going to be, let's say he didn't play all of last year, and you're looking at what, a year and a half maybe? No, I guess it would be more than a year and a half that you're really saying that, that you feel Deshaun Watson can get it back. Well, to be honest with you, you might say if if Jacoby Set plays quality ball, do you put like I said, like we already discussed, do you put Deshaun Watson on the bench to the point where, yeah, to where it's going to be two years that he has not played a stitch of football? Yeah, granted, I know he'll he'll get some practice time, he will get some preseason under his belt right now, but once the season begins, he can't practice. Yeah, he can't play. Yeah, he certainly can't play football, and that's going to be a big thing. But five million dollars, my gosh! I mean, granted, Sean makes two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed money. You can say, well, you know, he can surely afford that. But then you get all these lawsuits. I mean, surely the lawsuits, the lawsuits, money comes from the lawsuits as well. So Deshaun, it's probably a good thing he needed two hundred thirty million dollars guaranteed money because trust me, he's going to be spending a lot of it. I mean, let's say the five million dollar fine. I don't know. I don't know the lawsuits. I mean, how much he has to has to dish out for the lawsuits. Um, I'm sure it's got to be within the million dollar range, maybe two million dollar range. I don't know. So let's say, let's just say, and uh, let's say he might be giving up set seven or eight million dollars of that two hundred thirty million dollar money. Now, granted, that's probably a drop in the bucket for Deshaun Watson, but certainly for an average Joe like me, you, or anybody else, that's, <laughs> I mean, you go to a grocery store nowadays and imagine the price that you pay, you pay at the grocery store, you know, for, for, for stuff. It's, it's, it's hard for a guy like Sean Watson or any other athlete. It's not much to them. Now, granted, the $5 million fine to Sean Watson might not be much because, again, the $230 million guaranteed money. But again, you have to wonder, and on the other end of that, you know, on the end of that, you have to wonder, the young ladies, the massage therapists, you have to wonder what their take, what their take is on this. Do they feel that Sean got, got it, got what was coming to him, the you know, eleven games and the you know, the five million dollar fine? Someone probably figured, and I'm sure some are probably saying, no, that's that's not enough. And and then certainly they probably do have a point. They have a point. They have certainly a right to their, their opinion. You know, but it's 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 a hard thing, of course. You know, and of course, some young ladies, and so there have been some backlashes from um, you know, women women's women's right groups and stuff like that. That Deshaun never should have got a two hundred thirty million dollar guaranteed contract. Well, again, that's a pretty good point. That's a good point. And they are probably absolutely right. He probably shouldn't have got two hundred three million dollars guaranteed money, but again, they don't run the Cleveland Browns, and again, yeah, that's that's certainly a big issue. Cleveland has has had a habit of making bad mistakes in the past, and I hate to say that, but they've had bad they've made their mistakes. 
And they made some, yeah, how I many, what was it? Yeah, Johnny Manziel. They, they went and got Johnny Manziel, thought he was going to be the quarterback yeah. for, the next, so like, for the next many years. And, of course, how that how did that turn out? But they've made countless other, countless other bad decisions. Now, whether this ends, ends up becoming a bad decision, we'll find out in due time. But for Deshaun Watson, looking at the point, he's not, he's, it's going to be at least a year and a half. Granted, he did play preseason. He looked, he looked pretty bad in his first preseason game. But again, he hadn't played football in almost an entire year. And that's going to get worse because he's not going to see a regular season game for well, almost a year and a half, maybe a little more over a little bit, maybe slightly more over a year and a half. And that's where that's going to be a pretty big, a pretty big issue for Deshaun Watson and Cleveland Browns. Now, whether yeah, you have to almost wonder if Cleveland should should Cleveland have kept, you know, Baker Mayfield around and yeah, and not even gone after Deshaun Watson. Kind of, I know that's kind of a stretch. That might be a, uh, but maybe you know, maybe in the day, if Baker came back, he was completely healthy. Maybe they'd have been better off with Baker at the, as the quarterback. But some people thought of Baker's. Some people thought maybe Deshaun Watson was more mature than Baker Mayfield. Well, right now, it looks like Baker Mayfield might be the more mature one than Deshaun Watson. But again, yeah, that's again. Sometimes you have to wonder what the Cleveland Browns and brass brass us think. They've got a pretty solid, you know, general manager Andrew Berry's a pretty solid general manager. Done good things, you know. With, with Cleveland, Kevin Stefanski has been a pretty decent coach since Cleveland, since Cleveland's brought the board. Kevin did get him into the playoffs, so he has that he has that under his belt, and he actually won a playoff game with the Cleveland Browns. So Kevin can certainly hang his hat on that for you know many many years. And trust me, I know how Cleveland Browns feel being a Cincinnati Bengal fan. I know how Cleveland feels when you when you when you have. Hoped and hoped and wished and wished that you could have a playoff contending team every single year, or yeah, or even even sniff the Super Bowl, which the Bengals were the surprising team of the year last year when they had a chance to sniff the Super Bowl. But we shall see in time comes if, if this if this ends up being a uh, a good thing for the Cleveland Browns. They made the right decision when they went out and got Deshaun Watson, paying all this money. Well, as of right now. It doesn't look it, it does not look good right now. And and to me, like we said before, Sean, it's gonna be almost it's gonna be close to two years for this man will get a chance to see a regular season game and be on the football field. And and again, when you've been up that long period of time, your skills can erode. It's gonna take a long time, you know, to get back to where you once were. And I got a feeling Sean Watson, that may well be the case. And I've said it for it doesn't matter how great of a quarterback you really are. Even 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 the, the greatest of the greats, you know, would have a hard time, you would have a hard time bouncing back if you're sitting out for almost two years. I mean, I would say it's like when Peyton Manning had his neck, I don't think Peyton came back, you know, blowing blowing through things right away. It took Peyton a little bit of time. But once Peyton got the got, got the hang of things, Peyton was well, Peyton Manning. You let Tom Brady set up for almost two years. Do you think Tom Brady's going to come back and be, yeah, and start slinging the ball around and be Tom Brady? It's going to take time. And for Sean Watson, I'm sure it's going to take time.
But for Cleveland Browns and the Cleveland Brown fans, with this, all this going on, Deshaun Watson, and when the suspension's over with, and whether he plays any at all in this year or not, I, I don't know. That's that's something the Cleveland Browns and Brass is going to have to decide on. Now, you have to wonder if, let's say for the sake of argument for here and right now, if Cleveland Browns, after, let's say, after all after week 11 or so, they they're not yeah they're not in, in playoff contention. Do you just stick with just going for set for the full year and get Sean Watson ready for you know for the following for the next season? I mean that's a question mark that hasn't been answered. I mean, again, Cleveland's got a very talented team and they're not in a rebuilding mode. I mean, stretch of the imagination. If Deshaun Watson, let's say in twenty twenty three, Deshaun Watson's back and he's and he's and he's healthy. And it will be interesting to see, certainly, if Cleveland Browns, could Cleveland Browns be a contender? Well, yeah, Deshaun Watson's back in 2023 and plays like he did these days in Houston Texans. Yes, they are a contender. Can they, if they get a second receiver, a consistent number two, the skies could be the limit for, a, for the Cleveland Browns. But for right now, we'll find out in all due time if it, if it was a huge mistake but for right now, Cleveland Browns have got to have got to, got to suck it up. Unfortunate for them, eleven game suspension, five million dollar fine. Cleveland has no choice but to, um, you know, like I say, they have no choice but to like suck it up, take it on the chin, and let's see how this all all pans out in due time. Now it's time to give. Um, in the last episode, we kind of gave the New York the Jets. A little bit of um, a little bit of love. Granted, it was about Zach Wilson and his uh, time frame as to when he's going to be back. But let's give the other New York team some love, and let's give them let's give them a little bit, a little bit of time on on the podcast. And let's talk about the uh, recent development here. Uh, a couple of days ago, I believe it was a report that Tyrod Taylor was going to get some first team reps, and and again, here goes the uh, quarterback controversy for the uh, New York New York Giants that uh, maybe the uh, new coaching staff really doesn't have that much faith in one Daniel Jones. Now, I did get a chance to see the first preseason game, the Patriots against the Giants. Now, for what I've seen in the preseason, Daniel Jones did not did not did not play bad at all. Did not play bad. If he had been if he was like zero for six and threw a couple of picks, then I would say Daniel is just. Yeah, Daniel's wasting the Giants' time, basically, in a nutshell. But it's not like he, he didn't play bad at all. He, he played fairly well. Um, it's not, I mean, it's not like I said, it's not like he played horrible by any stretch of the imagination. Again, it's a new, it's a new coaching staff. It's a new system in place. Um, and again, with the new system, uh, the Giants are going to try so hard for Daniel Jones to be Josh Allen. Well, Let's be honest with you, Josh Allen was rough around the edges big time when he got into the league. And last year, he started to put it together. Now, I don't I don't think Daniel Jones is going to take that many, that leaps and bounds. This is his last year of his rookie contract. And, of course, we all know the Giants did not. Yeah, did not, you know, didn't re-up it. So, let's say as, let's say as of right now, Daniel Jones probably will not be back with the Giants next year unless Daniel turns it all around. And he plays like plays like Josh Allen. Then we've got a different. Then we talk totally different story. 
but for right now, it doesn't, yeah, it doesn't, you know, I mean, it doesn't look too good for Daniel Jones. If the thing is that you, you think until Rod Taylor could come in and take your job. Now, I give Tayrod Taylor, Taylor this. Now, Taylor did, did look pretty, he did look good. He did look good the second unit. To me, I thought there was times Terod didn't, yeah, made some bad, some bad throws. Sometimes it kind of looked questionable to me out there, but overall he didn't look bad. He played like a backup quarterback probably would play. And, but again, I get it. Taylor, Taylor is used to this system that's that's coming in. He's used to it. He's played in it. And that certainly would give him an advantage over Daniel Jones. I get that and understand that. But the thing is, thing is, it's going to get down to this, is you're going to have to sink or swim with Daniel Jones. Yeah, what's the sense of putting Taylor out there? To me, if if you if you think Daniel Jones has has something, has what it takes to be a decent quarterback in this league, you better find out this season and you better find out now. Now, I can see if Daniel goes out there in the first five or six games, he stinks up the joint. You said, you know what, this is, this is a lost cause. I'm turning Taylor Taylor. And if that's the case, and if that's the case, then I can see it now. I can see uh, the Giants drafted was it Bryce Bryce Young. I'm assuming we're going to assume Bryce Young will be the man, top quarterback. If you come in next year's draft, we're going to we're going to assume that right off the bat. And we do go ahead and get Bryce Young, and he becomes your your new franchise quarterback. You know, it's it's been a hard it's been a hard thing to replace Eli Manning. But that's, 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 that seems to be the case here. It's a hard thing. Eli was not, you know, Eli didn't exactly set the world on fire, but Eli did get to, did get you two, did get you two Super Bowls, right? Eli does have it under his belt, whereas um, right now you're kind of struggling. You're struggling to find the next quarterback. And everybody thought that Daniel Jones from the University of Duke was going to be the answer. Now, I know Daniel was a David uh, Cutcliffe um, rep there. He was a, a guy that worked with David Cutcliffe, and everybody thought David, a lot of people think of highly of David Cutcliffe because David worked with one Peyton Manning, and he did work with Eli, and that kind of gives, that kind of gives you a little bit of credibility if you work with a guy like that. But, again, there's not too many deep quarterbacks I know that's coming to the NFL and put the world on fire. I, mean, I think that's a big. A lot of people think that was a mistake that the the Giants drafted Dan Jones because a lot of experts felt that Daniel Jones was not that was not that quarterback that was going to really cut it in the NFL. And some experts were certainly right about that. And again, again, we go back to simply this: if you know any, if you're a franchise, you've got to find that everybody wants to find that franchise quarterback because if you make the wrong decision on a quarterback. It could set your franchise back, what, 10, 10 years. I've said before, go ask, yeah, go ask the Denver Broncos. It was John Elway a long, long, long period of time. And then you had to bring Vinnie Barty and Peyton Manning. Yeah, again, Peyton retires, you go through another stretch, now you've got Russell Wilson in. Once you ask the Miami Dolphins, it was Dan Reno and a bunch of other, a bunch of other guys, and now you're hoping the two is the answer to your question. I mean, yeah, once you ask, I said, once you ask the Green Bay Packers, you had Bart Starr. Then it took you a long time 
and then you got Brett Favre. And then again, you got lucky. You had Aaron Rodgers sitting in the wings. Yeah. You know, crazy stuff about the New England Patriots. New England Patriots had Steve Grogan. Then you had it stretched. You brought Tony Yeast in. He might have had a year or two that was okay. And then again, it took a long stretch. And then you had, then you brought in Drew Bledsoe. And Drew Bledsoe was, was great. Bledsoe got hurt. And steps stuff Tom Brady. The rest is history. It's hard. Any franchise, it takes a long time. The New York Jets. You had yeah, you had one Joe name that took you a long time. Then he brought in Richard Todd. Richard Todd had his moments. He goes out. You had Ken O'Brien. Ken O'Brien had his moments. Then you go all the way out, and you're still trying to find that quarterback. You figure Kyle Wilson's the answer to that question. Well, if you look at the Giants and look at their history, I mean, yeah, what about the Giants' history? You had what, Y.A. Tittle? You had Y.A. Tittle. You did have Fran Tarkenton for a period of time. And it took a long time. Then he went out and finally got Phil Sims. And Phil Sims played well for you. And then granted, you had Jeff Hostage. He showed you that, but it was like Phil Sims, and you keep on going, and then it took you to get Eli Manning. But now the, you know, the Giants are having that problem. And I'm sure the Giants, I'm sure the Giants, and I'm sure their brass is probably looking or knowing deep down inside Dan Jones is not going to be the answer. But I hope this new coach staff comes in that they can do something with Daniel Jones. Now, I, like I said, with uh, t- like I said, now is it a concern? It's a slight con- It's a slight concern to me if Tailrod is uh, taking first team reps, and I get it. He's used to he's used to the system, but to me, to me, it doesn't bowl confidence with Daniel Jones. It's not like Daniel Jones, like I said, playing first preseason game, he played horribly. He didn't play bad at all. He had a nice little bowl screen pass to uh, one Darius Slayton, who a lot of people thought Darius Slayton's solid team could, yeah, could be could be highly questionable. Now I know he tried to hook up with uh, Kenny Holiday a couple times. That didn't kind of work out. Now he did he did he did hook up with one. He did hook Barkley in the backfield and Barkley for fantasy football fans. He looked pretty good in the first preseason game, but again that's the first preseason game. Can Barkley stay healthy for a full 17 games remains to be seen. Now, for the coaching staff, I'll say this. Barkley is better than Devin Singletary and Zach Moss. Now, I'm interested to see what James Cook can do for the Buffalo Bills. But, again, Barkley is better than Singletary and better than Zach Moss when he's completely healthy. And the Giants, I mean, right now the Giants are predicted to finish, what, dead dead last in their, in their division? A lot of people have Philadelphia one, Dallas two. Let's say let's say Washington might is probably number three. But again, with Daniel Jones, it appears it, it is a concern that you got Tellrod in there as he he's getting first team reps. Now, I'm going to assume I I don't know how this. I'm assuming Dan Jones will probably play throughout the preseason because they want to get him some work in. But right now, to me, it looks like that maybe maybe it's a competition between Daniel Jones and Tyrod Taylor. I mean, do you, yeah, I mean, is there a possible that Tyrod, you know, starts with the first teamers, Dan Jones plays the second teamers? Are, are we going in that direction? I mean, I, that, it gets interesting. Now, he played two series. Do you stretch out? Do you, does Daniel Jones, does he start the first, second preseason game and he plays 
three series instead of two series. I, you know, I don't know. I mean, for right now, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hedge my bet on that Dan Jones is still the starting quarterback and Taylor is number two. I'm hedging. I'm just hedging on that. But does it get interesting if Taylor? It does get interesting if, for some unexplained reason, if the coach staff sees something that we all don't see, then. Taylor becomes the number one man because he is, you know, the system, and maybe Daniel becomes the backup. And if that is the case, then Daniel Jones' time with the New York Giants could be done sooner, sooner than we anticipated. We figure Daniel will get at least one more year to see if he can work with the new coaching staff. And if it does work out, maybe he gets a contract. But if he doesn't, but as of right now, with that. Hesitation on the coaching staff of giving of giving Taylor the uh, starts. Maybe I, you know, who knows? Maybe with that being said, maybe Daniel's time with the Giants is 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 over with quicker than we really believe it is. But for right now, like I was saying, where I I, I was still playing on the assumption that Daniel is starting quarterback and Taylor's number two. But you got to look at what's around Daniel Jones. I mean. And you got Barkley. I mean, Barkley, who's healthy, is a pretty decent running back in this league. Kyle Day has been hurt for the last three or four years off and on. He's inconsistent. You don't know what, he's, what you're going to get from him. Now, Sterling Shepard, I mean, Sterling Shepard, I think, is, he's been hurt. He's battling for a roster spot. They did draft Wendell Davis from, well, excuse me, Wendell Robinson from University of Kentucky. They feel that he can be a man that's going to step into the number two spot. Yes, it's still got Darius Slayton. And to me, to me, I'd, I'd keep Darius around if I'm the Giants. Keep him around. I mean, if you want to cut, if you want to cut Shepard, go for it. But I would keep a guy, yeah. And of course, they've got Tony. And I mean, to me right now, maybe I cut Shepard. I'd have still college, my number one guy. You could have maybe... Yeah, I mean Robinson. I'd probably make Robinson number number three. I mean, you still got Slayton. I'd keep Slayton. I'd keep Slayton around. And I know maybe maybe you make Tony the number two the number two receiver. If you could do something like that, you'd have at least four quality receive maybe four decent receivers. You got those four receivers. A good running back in Barkley if you say he's healthy for a full season. The next thing would be is you got to fill a tight end slot. The offensive line is trying its best to get better. But we'll see. We'll see. But for right now, I gotta assume Dan Jones is the starting is the starting quarterback right now. But it is a concern of Tell Ron Taylor is certainly getting reps. <laughs> okay, okay, Green Bay, Green Bay Packer fans. You knew this one was coming eventually. Of course, you've heard the report now that uh that Aaron Rodgers is not too happy with his young receivers. I mean, we knew this was coming at some point in time, right? Now, Rodgers, I guess, in a way, I guess you'd come out and say Rodgers kind of bashes young receivers for running the wrong routes or dropping passes and stuff like this. Now, certainly he was not directing any of this to certainly Alan Lazard, who Aaron seems to have confidence in Alan Lazard. He's going to be the number one receiver for the Green Bay Packers this season. He's not directing towards Randall Cobb. I think he gave actually Sammy Watkins some some praise that Sammy came in maybe maybe had the best session I think session a couple of days ago since since he's come to camp but now he's bashing the young receivers now 
help me understand this one. Now, Christian Watson just came off the pub list, I think, a couple of days ago, if I'm not mistaken. So, he hasn't had too, too many reps with Aaron Rodgers anyway. Now, unless he's gotten out there, maybe he's dropped a couple of balls. Now, what is that, Romeo, Romeo Dobbs? Yeah, has been the talk of has been the talk of camp. He's been the best receiver maybe overall at camp. Now, there's been reports that he catch he can, he can, he'll make a great catch one minute. Maybe the next minute he drops a couple of passes. Now again, I didn't see the game. He made a nice he caught a touchdown pass from Jordan Love, but he I think also dropped a couple of balls. Again, it's a young you know and this was going to eventually happen. That he was going to get, he was going to get upset because again, Aaron Rodgers likes to have veteran receivers. Well, he's got three veteran receivers on his roster, and they're certainly going to play a uh, contribution this year. Reports, of course, reports come out. I think Aaron Rodgers has come out and said that probably Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon both will be more involved in the passing game. Now, Aaron Jones is one of the better receiving backs in, in the league, but here's a guy that can probably also run a thousand, probably run a thousand yards. And certainly catch his share and his share of passes out of the backfield. AJ Dillon, uh, and AJ Dillon improved a lot last year, and and I wouldn't be surprised if AJ he appeals to eight that either one of these running backs can catch about fifty passes. You know, yeah, each of them can catch fifty passes. Now, that is a possibility. Now, Aaron Jones, I would say that's probably a possibility. I don't know now. I don't know if AJ will catch 50 passes, but there's a possibility AJ Dillon could do that. And they're going to pick up the slack left by behind the one Devontae Adams. But Aaron, you know, but you know, Aaron Rodgers, you know, these these young receivers have, have got a long ways to go. He's got to rely on the fetchers like Alan Lazard. He's going to rely on Sammy Watkins if he can stay healthy for a full season. And Randall Cobb. Randall Cobb is not exactly a pillar of health either. So to me, to me, the way I look at it is maybe Alan Lazarus is the one guy you trust, and then what else do you do after that? And to me, that's how I look at it. Now, Robert Tony was actually off the pub list, the same thing that Christian Watson does. And now, it will be interesting that Tony can get back to health. I'm sure he'll be part of the, he'll be part of the pa- a passing attack. I'm, I'm going to assume if he is healthy, that's going to be that's going to be another thing to look at as well. But you know, again, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people will bash Aaron Rodgers, and I have bashed him like any other NFL expert or, you know, or podcaster or NFL expert or whatever the case. We all bash, we all bash Aaron Rodgers. But to be honest with you, Green Bay Packers have only to blame but themselves in this one. We can always, we can always, we can go, we can go all the way back to the Jordan Love thing. Now, I get where Green Bay got Jordan, drafted Jordan Love because Aaron Rodgers, it seems like in their mind, his skills look like they may have been deteriorating. And they figure, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta get towards the future. And we, we'll go ahead, we'll go ahead and draft Jordan Love. And that's basically, that's basically what they did. But Aaron Rodgers, you know, after two more MVPs later, Aaron Rodgers proves him wrong. You can make an argument. I'm sure experts can make an argument that they have made an argument that maybe they should never have drafted Jordan Love and went out and got him unless you were to put with Devontae Adams. And the draft of Jordan Love came out, they had chances to do so to get at least one receiver, but they didn't do that. They didn't do that. Some felt they could have traded up in the draft and probably got 
a quality receiver put Devontae Adams. If they had done that, and let's say Devontae Adams walks away and goes to the Raiders, at least, at least that guy could have stepped into that role. And then maybe it might not look quite as bad, but the Packers didn't do it. And again, you can go back and say, well, the Packers have no way to blame but themselves for not doing that. And you can certainly make that argument. You can make that argument. But again, you know, it is what it is. Now, again, you can make the argument Aaron Rodgers has only to blame but Aaron Rodgers because he took all that money. And what he could have done is took a, what they call the hometown, hometown cut, basically. Maybe he could have taken less money and given Devontae Adams more money to the point where they could have kept him around, but it, you know, they didn't do it. It didn't happen that way. So, in a way, Aaron Rodgers could blame himself for that as well. And you, you, I guess you could make an argument either way. But now, the reports were that yeah, I think Mike Mike Lafleur, I think Matt Lafleur, excuse me, had basically called yeah, I guess called meeting called this meeting of the receivers because because he knew this was gonna get blown out of proportion. Now unfortunately Aaron Rodgers did come did come into the meeting and and he did say he did say some words. Now to me to me, you know, to me and Aaron Rodgers, you know, I'm sure Aaron Rodgers like he said before and somebody's brought this up on the pot somebody brought this up on a on a talk show today. It's like the Green Bay Packers have a high standard when it comes to their wide receivers. Like I said, you can go back to what? Don Hudson, Sterling Sharp, Donald Driver, James Jones, you know, Greg James, Devontae Adams, Jordy Nelson. I mean, there's been a stretch of, you know, stretch receivers in Green Bay that where the standards are, are held very, are very high. I mean, they're very high. I mean, you know, I mean, I'm sure that, I'm sure that if you were the Ravens and you played linebacking court when Ray Lewis is around, I'm sure their standards were high. You think about, what about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Think about them. You think about their tradition at linebacker as well. You can go to Jack, you know, Jack Ham, Jack Lambert. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it goes on and on from the Joey Porters of the world to James Harrison. I mean, yeah, now you got T.J. Watts there. I mean, again... Again, it's it's kind of like that in a way, and I'm sure. Aaron, I mean, and Aaron wants these young receivers to hold to be to go along that tradition for the Packer receiver, Packer great receivers. In a way, you understand that, but they're young receivers, and Aaron's got. And I hate to say it, but Aaron's going to have to change his thought. He's going to have to. He's going to have to. If if one of these guys run along without practice, he's got to pull them aside and say, "Hey, I need you to do this." And not that. If he does it like that, it might not come off so bad. But you can't sit back and yell at these guys and jump and get in their face and say, hey, this, 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 and this. Because you think he's going to be able to jump into, he's not going to jump on Randall Cobb's case. I don't see him jumping on Sammy Watkins' case. I really don't see that. But to be honest with you, he's going to have to do it. I mean, some of the great quarterbacks don't always jump on their players. Yeah, I mean, I have to wonder how much you think Tom Brady jumps. I'm sure Tom Brady does jump on some of the receivers' cases, but I don't know how bad he. I don't know how bad he does. But I don't see Tom Brady jumping on Mike Evans' case, Chris Godwin's case that much. Maybe I, and Julio Jones has got there. And I don't see Tom jumping on Julio Jones' case that much. But 
again, I think, again, this uh, Aaron Rodgers is going to have to play. It's going to have to be the, I don't want to use the term babysitter. I don't want to use that term, but in a way, maybe I have to use it. Aaron's going to have to change the way they're thinking. I mean, if Christian Watson, you know, runs a bad route, yeah, he needs to pull him aside. Don't yell at him and say, hey, I need you to do this, not that. If you think right, if you think Romeo Dobbs is gonna be the uh yeah, if if he you know, if he maybe he drops a pass, you know, maybe he's gotta tell him, you know, maybe he's gotta tell him, hey, you come in the right route crisper. I mean, Aaron's gonna sit back and say, I need you to do this, this, this. Don't, you know, don't criticize these young men because if you criticize these young men, you're gonna lose their confidence. And if you lose their confidence, you're going in for a long, long, long year. Now Green Bay to me is still between them and Minnesota as far as the division, as far as the division crown goes. To me, it's still come down to those two. Now I know Detroit. I know Detroit. A lot of people, the Detroit Lions, are starting to improve, but they're not enough to win the division or make a run for it yet. But I mean, to me, it's still Green Bay. To me, it's still Minnesota. You can make an argument. I think Green Bay's defense is better than Minnesota. I'll still take Aaron Rodgers over, you know, Kirk Cousins. You got Dalvin Cook, but I got Aaron Judge and A.J. Dillon. Now, the biggest thing for them would be would come into the wide receiving core. You got Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Now, that's a one-two punch that I can live with. But we'll see. But again, this is not a surprise for Green Bay fans. And again... Aaron was going to jump on these young receivers because Aaron has high expectations. Aaron wants to get back to the playoffs. Aaron wants to get, wants to try to, I think Aaron in the long run wants to try to win one more Super Bowl before it's time for him to walk off into the sunset. I don't think Aaron, Aaron's not going to play until he's 45 years like Tom Brady. I don't think he's going to do that. Tom may, I mean, Aaron may play until maybe he's maybe 40, maybe. And if that's the case, you're looking at, what, another couple of years at best. But again, if you look at you look at it from that perspective, then you go back to Jordan Love. Well, Jordan Love's contract's going to come up here shortly, his rookie contract. And you have to wonder, is Jordan Love there, the heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers? Jordan has not really proved in the limited playing time he's played. He has not proved such. And that's it. And that's, that's the thing. I mean, you got to, let's say you have Aaron Rodgers for a couple more years. And by that time, Jordan Love's rookie contract will run out. And then you got to wonder yourself, well, then it's going to look bad on the Green Bay Packers when they drafted Jordan Love. And they could have kept on, they could have got another receiver in the same draft they got Jordan Love in. And maybe things would be different. But again, you know, that's what if, what if, could have, should have type of, you know, type of talk. But for that, it gets to be interesting. Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron's got Aaron's got to change, he's gonna to have to change his attitude if he wants these young receivers to step up their game and have decent years or have, you know, or be productive in this system. Aaron's got to chill, mellow out. Maybe take some of those one of those hallucinant drugs that he was today he was taking or herbal tea or whatever 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 Aaron needs to do. But just to uh, just a chill, just a mellow out, chill. Now, for uh, I know I, I don't have any episodes going to be talking about this, and um, 
and this is this was brought up a couple a couple of days ago, and this is for my Dallas Cowboys faithfuls. Did you hear? I guess you've already heard that the Antonio Brown has reached out to Jerry Jones and said, Jerry, if he's receiving help, just give me a buzz, give me a call. <laughs> now, I don't see Aaron Jones. Now, I got to be honest with you. I don't see Jerry Jones at this stage reaching out to, to Antonio Brown saying, Antonio, yeah, sure, come on, sure, I'll give you a call. Come on in, come on to Dallas. And, uh, come on in. And, uh, well, I can't say they're in Dallas because they train in California. Come on to California. Come talk to me. Come talk to Mike McCartney, Dak Prescott. Yeah, come talk to us. Hey, I don't see Jerry at this stage, at this stage doing, doing, that, doing that anymore. Um, at one point in time, if Antonio Brown was back, was like back maybe, and like maybe like he was back in the days in the eighties where you had those cowboy teams where you had Michael all the the Michael Irvins in the world and you had like Dion Sanders on that team or maybe a Chris or Charles Haley I should say then maybe back then maybe back then Jerry would have taken a chance on a guy like Antonio Brown if he was back then. But I don't see, but all that in, all that's going on with Antonio Brown the last several years, um, I don't see too many teams taking a chance with him now. He had the best opportunity last year with Tom Brady, and he was pretty much number three receiver. Now, and there were games, I think there were games where Antonio did step up, and he did play like Antonio Brown. But once that stopped, once injuries caught to him, and when he came back, it stopped, and he used the ankle, you know, he used the ankle injury. And Bruce, you know, Bruce wanted, you know, Bruce wanted to play. He didn't play because of the injury. He got fed up, and then he left the field basically to never, never to be, never to return to a Tampa Bay, yeah, uniform. And of course, he's going on. Aki's going on. I don't know if it's Twitter or podcast or my podcast. Whatever the case was, and he has bashed Tom Brady. His um. His trainer, you know about you know about things as well. So I don't see Jerry at this stage. Jerry's not going to reach out to Antonio Brown. Now, not saying that the Dallas Cowboys don't need receiving help. Yes, they do, but it's not going to be it's not going to be Antonio Brown. And I don't see any NFL team taking a chance on one Antonio Brown. Now, to me, yes, they do need help. I mean, other than C.D. Lamb, yeah, I mean, you're gambling on, you're gambling on Tolbert who you drafted to step up. You grab, you got a couple other receivers, rookie receivers. You got a receiver that was the USFL's MVP that you're relying on. Again, I've said this on you know previous podcast. To me, Jerry has made a mistake on this. Jerry could have gotten Jarvis Landry at one point in time. He could have. It could have reached out to Julio Jones if he really wanted to and brought Julio in. I think that would have been that, that would have been something to work with. Um, I know that um, a name that I mentioned and that's got mentioned on talk shows is Cole Beasley. I can see Beasley coming in and sign to like a one year deal. And I've mentioned Will Fuller. Now Will Fuller's falls as far as I know is healthy and Will when he's healthy is a pretty pretty explosive weapon. And I can see Fuller. Now, I'll go, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go further than this. Why don't you sign both of them? Won't you? I mean, I don't know, I don't know, the, I don't know the cap money for uh, the Cowboys. 
But why don't you sign both of them and see if you can get both of them under a one-year deal, some kind of league minimum or something like. And can you bring Fuller and Beasley and can you see how that would work out? Because before you say anything, we don't know how long Michael Gallup's going to be out. That's going to be an issue. James Washington's out six to ten weeks. By that time, by that time, you could probably cut James Washington. Yeah, and let's say Tolbert shows you something in that in that time frame. Well, you can probably cut like like I say, you can probably cut a James Washington. But can you see if you if you let's say if Gallup comes back? But again, with a receiver, any receiver with an ACL injury or anybody is going to take a full year. Michael Gout will not be 100% probably until about 2023. But think about this. If you sign both Fuller and Beasley to contracts, can you imagine you get a CD, let's say Fuller's your number two, Beasley's your slot guy, you could have Tolbert as number, let's say Tolbert could be a number four guy. And let's say Michael Gallup comes back whenever he comes back. Let's say if he comes back game six, seven, or eight, or something like that. Now, now you've really got something. Now you've really got something to work with. But to me, I like to me if I'm Jerry, call them both up, sign them both. Now I don't think Beasley had too too hard a time learning the system because Beasley knows the Dallas Cowboys system. So I think he could come in, ease in, and be okay. Fuller would be the guy you'd have to you had to get speed quick and fast. But why not? It couldn't hurt for Jerry. I mean, like I said, it depends on the salary cap space. How much cap space does he have? I get them both in there, league minimum, one year deal. Let's see, let's let's go. Let's see what you can do. To me, I think it would be a smart decision on Jerry Jones' part. But no, I wouldn't go to Antonio Brown. Now, to be honest with you. Now, to be honest with you, Antonio, I think, could still play. I think Antonio could still play and be okay, but Antonio's kind of burned a lot of bridges, has burned a lot of bridges, you know, certainly by by what he's done in the last few years, you know, his outbursts and what he's done off the field. But no, I don't see Jerry reaching out to Antonio Brown, calling him or texting him or, or whatever. I don't, I don't see it. I don't see it happening. But if I'm the Cowboys, Jerry was listening to his podcast, which I'm sure he's not. Um, why not go get four? Why not get Beasley? Go ahead and bolt the receiving core up because you don't know how healthy Gallup's going to be when he gets back. He's not going to be 100% throughout this year. It'll take him 2023 to be back what he once was. But I think I think you went and got those two guys. Then you yeah. Then maybe you're cooking on something. Because this year, I got to say, your receiving core is not that good. And to be honest with you, you don't rely. I think that's where you have to go back and you have to feed Zeke. You got to feed Zeke the ball. And at camp, I've seen those rumors where Tony Pollard is, is running out of the slot. Tony is a, is a dangerous weapon. When he's had the ball in his hand, he's been a, been a solid contributor for the Dallas Cowboys. But, yeah, but to me, I think in the long run, get Fuller. Go get Beasley. Sign them both. Then yeah, then you're cooking on something, Jerry. But no, I don't see Antonio Brown coming to Dallas. I just don't see that happening, and it's not going to happen. And for the final word, let's let's go back to the Cleveland Browns. And have you heard this buzz and this word? One Jimmy, one Jimmy Garoppolo. There's a report out there that Jimmy Garoppolo could end up in Cleveland because now the Sean Watson's spending for eleven games. Could Jimmy? Could Jimmy G? end up in Cleveland, and 
and playing and playing for the Cleveland Browns. Now, I've tried to, you know, I've tried to, I've, I've, I've ran this out there through my head over and over again. Now, I'll say this much, Jimmy would be an upgrade, certainly over Joshua Dobbs, and he would be an upgrade over Josh Rosen. Now, there's no denying that, you're absolutely right, he's an upgrade. But if Jimmy Garoppolo comes to Cleveland, Jimmy would have to be the starter and not Jacob Brissett. And I just don't, at this late, as this late, I don't see it happening. And to be honest with you, I can't see Cleveland on the books for $230 guaranteed money with Deshaun Watson. I don't know what, I don't know what Jacob Brissett's be making this season. And Jimmy, and Jimmy, I'm sure Jimmy would make a significant amount of money. I can't see Cleveland spending all that time, all that money up into quarterbacks. I mean, I'm sure they're, they're probably still pay, still paying Baker Mayfield X amount of dollars as well. So that'd be, yeah. I can't really see that coming from the money perspective or the finance perspective from the Cleveland Brown to go out and get Jimmy Garoppolo. Now, at the end of the day, crazy as it sounds, I think Jimmy stays put. I think Jimmy stays in San Francisco. Now, at one point in time, the 49ers said that they had enough money that they had figured this out. If Jimmy was going to hang around, they had it figured out against the salary cap. At least that was one report that I heard at one point in time. But I'm inter- I'm very interested to see if Jimmy does stay. You know, Jimmy does stay with San Francisco. Now, you hear the reports out of San Francisco that Lance has one good practice, bad one. He's been inconsistent. Now, he looked pretty decent against the Green Bay Packers, and I'll say that in preseason from, the, from what I've seen. He looked, he looked good. But I have to wonder, you have to wonder, do you keep Jimmy Garoppolo around? And if Lance becomes inconsistent, do you, plug, do you keep Jimmy around? And do you plug him back in the lineup? And if you do that, then you're making Kyle Shanahan – John Lynch, you make them look pretty bad. Why they give all this, you know, all this these draft picks and compensation for Trey Lance? Now you got to remember with Trey Lance, the bottom line is Lance is through. What do you throw like 101, 102 balls? Yeah, <laughs> for yeah, I mean for like North Dakota for North Dakota State from the time he left North Dakota State till he came to the 49ers. Yeah, that's that's not yeah that's not a lot. I'm sure a guy like Kenny Pickett threw a heck of a lot more passes through. Yeah, yeah. a guy like Kenny Pickett had experience. Trey didn't have the experience that a guy like a Kenny Pickett did or some of these other guy, quarterbacks that came out. Trey is raw, and you have to wonder, you know, do the 49ers do the right thing? Do they keep Garoppolo around? It's great that you want to make Trey Lance your starting quarterback, but I have to wonder, would Garoppolo be better off staying in San Francisco and backing up Lance? I got a feeling that might be the case here. I know it sounds crazy, sounds stupid, but, and I'm sure Trey would be looking over his shoulder if he screws up, and that would be the case. If I screw up, Jimmy's going to come in and take over. Well, it's always good to have that veteran quarterback, a quarterback on your roster that has taken your team to at least a Super Bowl and had a slim, had a slight chance of actually winning the Super Bowl. They had a chance to actually beat the Kansas City Chiefs. But for Jimmy going to Cleveland, yeah, I don't see that happening. I really don't. I mean, even though Deshaun's going to be eight for most of the season, but or seems like most of the season, but I don't see Jimmy going to. But then again, Browns would hope Brissett didn't get hurt. 
That's all the time for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining me. Take care. See you again soon.